0: started in prayer.
1: Father God, we love you so much. You gave us the greatest gift that we could ever get, and that was your son. Thank you for what y'all have done for us. Thank you for what you will continue to do for us, Father. I pray during this Christmas season that we are just safe and that we focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand in praise together this morning.
3: And we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place And we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise We shout out your praise
2: We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way.
3: Because he hung up on that cross, and he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. And we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace Let the house of the Lord sing praise There's joy in the house of the Lord There's joy in the house of the Lord today And we won't be quiet We shout out your praise There's joy in the house of the Lord We shout out your
0: praise, we shout out your praise.
1: Amen, give God a praise offering this morning.
2: Good, all your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone. I will lie my sight high above my life. I will trust in you
3: I lose, I will... For my soul In you there's joy Unending joy And I will follow Where you go, I'll go Where you stay, I'll stay When you move, I'll move I will follow Who you love, I'll love How you serve, I'll serve If this life I lose I will follow Where you go, I'll go Where you stay, I'll stay When you move, I'll move I will follow you Who you love, I'll love How you serve, I'll serve If there's life I lose I will follow you
1: my little helper this morning so if you have not said hello to someone sitting around you please take this moment to say hello and meet and greet as the children come up for children's moment oh yep that's a good idea the advent candles, a great idea <laughs> <laughs>
4: This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil.
1: Okay, now let's have children's moment. If y'all want to come up and have reading time with Pastor Jim and the Grinch.
5: Let's see where, I think this is our last chapter. What do you think, Weston? What do you got? What is it? Oh, Piscati. You got, you got any for me? <laughs> all right, I guess we'll continue. <laughs> well, hi, how are you? I didn't see you over there. How are you? Hey, are you all ready for Christmas? Are you all on the naughty list or the nice list? Who said naughty? Yeah, I was going to say, someone said naughty and the rest of you are lying. Okay, last week with uh, Pastor David, you guys ended in our story. Here, come on this side. Over here. No. there you go. Then I can angle it towards all of you. All right, you ended where the Grinch told the last crumb even the mouse could eat, and now this is the last part of our book. All right, hey, come on up. Where are you going? Uh, All right, on a swivel. All right, we ready? It was a quarter past dawn. All the who's still a bed, all the who's still a snooze. When he packed his sled, packed it up with their presents, the ribbons, the wrappings, the tags, the tinsel, the trimmings, the trappings. 3,000 feet up, up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip top to dump it. Poo-poo to the who's, he was, he was grinchlessly, grinchlessly humming. They're finding out now that Christmas is not coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will begin to boo-hoo. That's was good, wasn't it? That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he paused and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low and then started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sound was merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very. He started down, he, or he stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without presents at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming, it came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling, puzzling, how could this be so? It came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, and bags, And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that that Grinch's small heart grew three three sizes that day. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light, and he brought back all the toys and the food for the feast, and he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. That was Where are you going? <laughs> I guess we're done. Um, so, the Grinch, what do we learn from that? that the Grinch tried to stop it from coming. He's tried to stop Christmas from coming, and he couldn't. You know why? Because Christmas didn't come from a store. It didn't come from gifts. It didn't come from outside. It came from in here. It comes from in here. And so it doesn't matter. Let me ask you this. If you, had, if you got no presents this year at all, would, you be, would it be a good Christmas? All right, right, we won't jump there right now, But, (laughs) but just know that Christmas is about Jesus coming to us, and nothing can stop that, because you know why? Because Jesus came to us. He is a gift from God because God loves us, and nothing can stop God and God's love for you for your families, for all of us. All right? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. And no matter what comes against us in this world, Lord, we know that we cannot stop. There's nothing that can stop the love of God in Jesus Christ that reconciles us to you. Lord, be with these children. Bless them. Keep them. Give them the spirit of Christmas of Christ deep within their heart. Let them know how much we love them, but mostly, Jesus, let them know how much you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you all. All right, go with Allison. And y'all, remember Christmas Eve, the 5 o'clock service, is it 5 or 5.30? 5? What? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, 5
1: p.m.
5: and 7 p.m. Yeah, but uh, the kids' pageant is 5. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention to you. Yes.
1: Yes, 5 p.m. is the children's.
5: Yes, children's pageant, so it's going to be fantastic. All right, now I believe Fred. where he okay. Oh, he's quick. <laughs> he's we, don't, we have no idea what's going on. All right, Fred's going to give us a miss, missions moment.
4: Yes, we do. I know what's going on. Good morning, friends, Merry Christmas. I'm up here uh, on behalf of our missions team. I've got really three quick things I want to cover. One is talk about our, our new missions wall. I want to oh, cele- she- celebrate a little bit about the... Uh, the uh, items that you all have been engaged in. And I also want to share with you a couple opportunities if you're interested in helping out the, uh, the uh, tornado victims. So I think we have a couple of slides here, hopefully. I want to start off and talk about just scripturally what James tells us. If you look at the scripture there, I'm not going to read through it, but the key things there, we're not only called to listen to God's word, but we're called to go out and do and be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what we're about as a church, as we create disciples. We are there to listen, but we were also there to go out into the world and, and do good and be, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's go ahead to the next slide. So if you haven't noticed out in that corner of the living room, We've kind of revamped our, our Missions Corner and inspired by uh, and created by Debbie Palmer. Um, there's a couple of big banners there. One is a summary or a paraphrase of John Wesley telling us to go out and, and do good. There's another big banner that talks about us being the outpost of God's work. The outpost, what's an outpost? Outpost is where people go for refuge to rest, get things that they need. So every time we do, you know, people that come up to uh, reveal, we're we're being an outpost for people people in need. But the real purpose of that missions uh, corner is not just to celebrate the things that we've done, but it's also a place that you can bring your donations and leave there. Someone brought in uh, several cases of diapers this morning so what will happen with those is we'll take those to reveal and they'll get distributed to, to people in need. So if you've got uh, food, non-perishable food items, if you've got that aren't expired, um, I always have to throw that in there. Uh, if if you've got food items, if you've got clothing that's in pretty good condition, um, and, or if you've got diapers you'd like to donate, just leave them there in the corner and we'll make sure that they get to, to the right place. Uh, next slide, please. You can read that. I put up there just a few of the things this church has been involved in 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 2021. And some of these were sponsored by our missions team. Others were just people going out into the community and and doing things. But it's actually quite a number. But I've got other up there because I know that if we listed all the things that you people, us as a church, have gone out and done in the community, if you're doing an act of kindness to a neighbor, if you're reaching out to someone in need, you're doing missions work. You're being that outpost. You're out there, there are doing. Um, but the list is, is pretty impressive that we've been involved in. Just this past uh, Friday, know a number of you put together uh, gift packets for people at New Hope Manor. So there was a number of people that went up there and helped with their Christmas party on, on, on Friday. And uh, it was a very heartwarming experience. I think those that came out... Many, many examples in this church where we're either giving up our time or we've done some financial giving as, as well. So thank you for, for that. Uh, next slide, please. So we're all very aware of the, you know, the devastation in Kentucky and other states with the tornadoes. And you know, those types of disasters, people are in need not just the hours afterwards, but for the weeks and months afterwards. So there's still plenty of time to, to help. Um, I got a little video on how you might help if you're interested in putting together a, a survivor's kit. Well, the point of
3: this is to bring kind of a, a first uh bring in like okay these are their items they can have these kind of brings it almost not almost back to normal but brings some normality back to uh, their life just a little bit and a little bit of hope that it's going to be okay Um, you know things are not good right now but things are going to be okay uh, and start moving forward and and with ADRN when we prepare these uh, we always like to ask um, our church members to put a note in the kit. you know, it could be some scripture, it could be a prayer or whatever note, an encouraging note that you would want the survivor when they receive this kit. They know the purpose of them, of the kit being assembled
4: and what we hope this brings for them. This is through the Austin Disaster Relief Network. And uh, I've been down to their warehouse. It's very impressive. You know, they're putting together as we speak. Uh, semi-trailers that they will send up to that area and deliver these kits So if you're able to do that just bring it leave it in the church in the back as you leave on the table There's some information on what types of things you could put into these kits. So ask you uh, to do that um, and You may also know that the United Methodist Church, UMCOR uh, Supports uh, victims as well. So there's information uh, or in your your e-news about how to give to them as well. And finally, the last slide, just kind of summarizing here, and again, everything that's on this slide should be in your newsletter when you you click on it with links on how you could do online giving to some of our core missions or to the Austin Disaster Relief Network or to to MCOR. So just lots of opportunities here at the end of the year if you're interested in, in reaching out, either doing or through financial giving so thank you very much you guys are awesome
5: we have our offering uh, we're still taking pledge cards and so if you have not get uh, put one of those in either by card or through the computer please do so um, and as we do come for offering prayer we also want to just do general prayers and Obviously the those that are affected by the tornadoes, um, just unbelievable devastation and during Christmas time. and you know God can bring some blessing out of disaster. He takes t- terrible things and brings blessing and one thing that it does is make us conscious. Yeah, we see these folks and the devastation and the hurt and the pain and the suffering that they're experiencing, but that's just. Representative of so much more pain and suffering that's in the world. And so, as we enjoy the festivities, enjoy the festivities of the season, you know, that's how this world is wheat and weeds, right? Goodness in the midst of a mess. And that's really, you don't want to drag down your Christmas spirit, but that's the hope of the light that came into the world. This world is messed up, broken complicated, Uh, but Jesus' coming gives us hope. It is the light that is in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, in the midst of our weakness and our struggles, Lord, you still love us. And Lord, help us to look to others that might need the light of Christ through us. During this Christmas season, help us to remember the true meaning of Christmas as we think about Christ coming into the world, that it is light that came into the darkness. It is not light that entered light, but light into the darkness to bring us hope, healing, forgiveness, grace, and mercy. And Lord, you call us as a church to be agents, to be the body of Christ filled with your spirit so that people might experience your grace and mercy and forgiveness and love through your body. Help us to be those kind of witnesses. Lord, help us to be the light in the darkness. Lord, we ask your blessing upon this offering for that very purpose, that we would be a body of Christ, sharing the love of Christ with a desperately needy world. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: And as we stand in praise together, as we sing, I encourage you to just sing these songs as a love song to God this morning. Please stand in praise with us.
3: To the rhythm of your your grace grace, Your Your fragrance is intoxicating In a secret place Your love is extravagant It's the love that covers sin No greater love have I ever known You consider me a friend You capture my heart again
2: Oh mm-hmm.
1: we have with you is the most important one because that is what helps all the rest of our relationships, Father. Your love encompasses all. Your love has done so much for us. And I pray that we don't just keep that to ourselves. I pray that we show that to this hurting world. We need you, Father, and you sent your Son for us, we praise you for that as we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and your glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated.
5: Amen. All right. Uh, before we go to the message, I just want to continue to, uh, in prayers. You know, it's, it seems to be a theme maybe for the message, but just, there's a lot going on in people's lives. <laughs> a couple spe- uh, special prayer requests. I know there's more out there, but uh, Nancy Killian lost her mother and her sister, uh, COVID-related, in Ohio. But it's such you know, the county that it happened in. There's so many high, uh, such a high rate of cases that they can't travel up there. So give her a little extra love and prayer. And uh, then Jen Johnson is going to have surgery tomorrow. So we want to uh, lift her up and uh, just pray for doctors, nurses, healing and full and quick recovery. And then, uh, just in conversations, I've had, I know about five people I've had conversations with this morning that are going through stuff in their lives right now. Um, and so, this kind of goes back to the first sermon that we talked about um, The light and the brightness sometimes contrast with the darkness in people's lives and makes this a very heavy time of year, so I want to kind of lift up that message again to look for people that might be hurting, that you have an opportunity to be the light in their lives. Um, All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I pray that you would guide the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth. Lord, that each one of us gathered in this place and listening and watching online would receive the message that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we, we close down the Grinch, we saw that Grinch, and we know the story, that he tried to stop Christmas from coming. But it was his misunderstanding, going back again to the first sermon where we talked about the difference between presentation and substance. He could take the presentation of Christmas away, but he could never take away the substance. It was He could never stop it from coming. And that is very similar to our text when we look at Jesus first coming into this world. Our scripture today comes out of the Gospel of Matthew Chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. Listen for the word of the Lord. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there and until, until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, he took the child and the mother, and during the night left for Egypt. Where he stayed until the death of Herod, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, "Out of Egypt I called my son." When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem, in the vicinity, uh, in its and its vicinity, and who were two two years old or under, in accordance with the time that he had learned. From the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice heard in Ramah, weeping great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This is the word of God for the people of God. So we see in that story, Herod is grinchier than the grinch could ever be, right? He's he, whole new level, but he was trying to stop Christ's first coming. The Magi came, and they told them <laughs> that the, the king of the Jews, they were looking for the king of the Jews, and so for an insecure narcissist like Herod, that wasn't, he didn't, he was the governor of the Jews. He was the head of the, he, he wasn't going to be challenged, even from a baby. And so he set off to try to stop, to kill, to stop the first coming of Christ. But he didn't realize he can never stop that. See, we're we're in a time of Advent. And Advent, just like Lent, um, has got watered down over the years, and it comes down to uh, just a few times maybe in the service. But Advent is about the coming of Christ. But it's much fuller than just the first coming, Jesus' birthday. It's much fuller than that. It really has three different aspects. A little history lesson. So the fourth century was the first time that Advent began, and it was a time of preparation and fasting. But it wasn't even for the coming of Christ. It was more for looking towards the epiphany of Jesus when the Magi came. And it was for the setting up for the uh, epiphany. And then in the 6th century, St. Gregory the Great added the coming of Christ. But even that wasn't the coming, uh, the first coming. It was really looking towards the second coming. And so over the years, it's, it's developed. And if you're really <coughs> um, celebrating, participating in Advent in its fullness, it has developed into three main aspects. They're all having to do with the coming of Christ. And the one is, the first is the one we're most familiar with, right? The coming, the first coming, we look towards the first coming, we remember Christ coming into the world, the, the light that came into the darkness, the incarnation, God in human form, God with us, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. And so that's really where we end up focusing during the time of Christmas and the time of Advent. But it's not just about remembering the first coming. If it is, the story is incomplete. Scripture is not fulfilled in just the first coming. So it's not just the first coming, but it's also the continual coming Well, I'll just lay the three out and then we'll talk about each one. So we already talked about the first coming. That's the one you're most familiar with, remembering the coming of Christ into the world. Then continual coming of Christ into the world through the Holy Spirit. And then the third is looking forward to the second coming. All of those come together for Advent as we look for the coming of Christ in those three ways. Okay? And so... And the continual coming of Christ is really what we talk about from the aspect of discipleship, how we have laid out our discipleship. We, we don't do this on our... So the, the gospel is about connection. In our board meeting, we were talking about missions and, and different things, and it got my mind thinking. And, and the, I, the, the mission of the church is all about the gospel of connection. Because you can look at the gospel from the standpoint of God created us in the beginning, we were in perfect unity, we were in perfect relationship, perfect harmony, and then because of free will, you selfishly, we got disconnected from God and the source of life and booted out, right? And so throughout the Old Testament, through covenant, through law, Through the prophets, God is continually trying to reestablish, reconnect with his people. But the problem is those systems uh, relied on us, and we're not faithful enough. We're not righteous enough. If we learn anything from the Old Testament, that we can't be faithful enough, we can't be righteous enough to live in faithful covenant in a relationship with God. Thus, it points us to Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, we are, have an opportunity to be reconnected. That's why the theology of Jesus being fully divine and fully uh, human is very important because he's, he's connecting us back to God. The human side brings us in, into the divine, which is holy, and we are forgiven, and we are reconnected through Jesus Christ. If he was only divine, that would not do it. If he was only human, that would not do it. He needed to be both. I think I've told you this before, but the image, the metaphor I like to use, uh, you know, in hotels where you can get two rooms and you have that door in between the rooms, does that have a name? Adjoining? That's not really a name, that's a description. Okay, adjoining rooms. I digress. All right. But there's two sides to those, right? And both have to be open in order for you to go through. In the same way, Jesus is fully human and fully divine, and both of those have to be open for us to be reconnected. But in Christ, we are reconnected, and God comes to us continually. All we do— pastors, I do when I come up here, I know you're probably sick of hearing it, but you're going to hear about the means of grace, the scripture, worship, prayer, service, fellowship with the body. God says, show up there. And that's how you have a strong connection. And the Holy Spirit comes in through those means and gives us life and sanctifies us and changes us and reforms us. All we have to do is stay connected. Through those means, God continually will come to us through the Holy Spirit. We don't have to change ourselves. In fact, we can't change ourselves. It is the Holy Spirit in us that comes continually, and, and, and we can't stop that coming. God set promises Now, we can reject it just like Grinch rejected Christmas. Herod rejected Jesus. Jesus comes to us continually every day, wanting us to spend time with him, wanting us to give us life, to convict us if we need it, to shape us, to form us. And we can't stop. Nothing in the world can stop that, but we can reject it. Or we can just be lethargic. And so, I, I I'll say it again. I've said it before, and you'll hear it again. I've never had somebody come to me and say, "Hey, Pastor Jim, I'm just feeling really dry. I, that, you know, I just don't feel. I'm just down in my relationship with Christ, and it's just, I just don't feel." And I start down the list. Been reading your Bible. Been going to church. You've been meeting with a group and about two in, they go, okay, I got it. I've never had someone answer all of those affirmatively and say, yeah, but I still feel dry. Because it is in Jesus continually coming through the means of grace that we allow the living water to pour into us, the breath of life to give us, our souls, life. You know, I talk about there's a lot of things going on and we're beat up and we're here and sicknesses and different things. But if there was some way I could see, if we could see each other's soul, we'd see a lot of dried up, beat up souls. Because we're not receiving that continual coming of the living water, the breath of life. That's the coming that Jesus... Gave his life that we might have. He said, I must go so the Spirit can come. So it's the first coming, it's the second coming. And boy, this is probably more prevalent than ever. Uh, it is our first coming, continual coming, second coming. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world is a mess. And it doesn't seem like it's getting unmessier. It is complicated. There is hurt. There is division. And I don't see it getting better because we're so great. But it's not going to stay. That's the message of the final hope is that Jesus, yeah, it's complicated. It's it's a a mess. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of suffering. And it doesn't look like we're going to fix it. We would have done something by now if we were going to. But that's the other part, the fullness of the message of Advent in Christ's coming, that Christ will come again. And it's going to be redeemed, not just individually, one by one. We're not just, now we get reconnected to God through Christ one at a time but there's gonna be a time when all of his creation is redeemed, when all darkness is pushed out. And we can't imagine that, but that's what the second coming is. And I find myself in these days thinking upon the second coming a little more than I normally do. And it describes it's not gonna be good It's going to get worse before it gets better. I heard a preacher say one time, he said that we talk about, we read the Bible and we read about before Jesus comes back. He says, and it sounds horrible, but he said, and we don't want that to happen. He goes, but when it happens, that's going to be the most merciful thing God can do to not wait any longer. And so, I encourage you to think about the fullness of Advent, not just remembering Jesus in the manger, as beautiful as that is, in the first coming, and it's all what. A, but the fullness of Advent, that Christ is coming to us continually through the Holy Spirit, and that Christ is going to come back. I have, I have a, I won't say this is in any theological books, but I think it's got good standing. I have a theory, so if God is sovereign, and God tells us, Scripture tells us, that God knew Jesus, that Jesus was the plan from the beginning, that that's how we were going to get re- reconciled, reconnected. He, he knew the free will in the garden was going to cause sin, and so he jumped it off real quick. He said, all right, don't do that. We did that, and we got separated, and now we could, and, and Jesus was always the plan for us to come back. And then Jesus will come back. They'll be fine. If that's the case, then we're still in the process of creation. It's not like we're recreating. If God knew, and that was the plan from the beginning, and the end goal is a place where there's no more crying, no more tears, there's fully redemption, there's no more division or hate, all the things that that darken this world, there's no more of that. If that's the end goal, then we're still in the process of doing that. We're just between it between the first and the second coming. And somebody might say, well, why why two comings? Why not just come once and take care of it? Malachi tells us, if he came as the second coming, as the line, as the judgment of evil and sin in the world, Malachi says, who could stand? I know I couldn't. So he came... First, Malachi 3 tells us, as a refining fire, to refine us, to mark us with the blood of the lamb. In the, in the old days, I always use this with Malachi chapter 3, in the old days of the prairie farms, of prairie fires, and the settling of the West and, and the Midwest, they would see it way off. And and so what they'd do is backburn, basically. So they'd burn all around. And the theory is, when the fire got there, it couldn't burn what had already been burned. In the same way, when Jesus comes again for the second coming, not the lamb this time, but the, the lamb was to mark the doorpost, to mark the doorpost of our hearts that we are his. And when he comes back with judgment... And Scripture's pretty fierce judgment. That fire of judgment will not go where it's already been. And where it's already been is all of those that have accepted Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. And so, as messy and complicated and ugly as talking about the second coming gets, it is ultimately our final and complete hope when the light not only holds back the darkness, but overtakes it. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, I pray that as we come to your table, Lord, you'd bless this time and bless these elements that they would be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we might be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Lord, make us one with Christ, one with each other, in ministry to all the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I was trying to figure out how I could sneak it in that I forgot to ask somebody to help. So, I did. there you go. Uh, thank you. On the night in which he was to give himself up for us, Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, he blessed it, and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of this, do it in remembrance of what I have done for you. Body of Christ, broken The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ. um those that still want to use the kits we have those here if you need one please raise your hand if not we'll come through the middle aisle um, and uh, tell you what why don't we go over here so you guys don't have to switch and just go there and you can circle around and go back to your seats please come
3: See uh-huh.